I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Jonathan Wilson, Chief of Risk and Compliance for Authentics. First of all, Jonathan, overall trends in identity verification, what are you seeing at the moment? Who are you seeing, maybe I should ask? Right, right. You know, we're seeing some key emerging trends today. If we look back at the data over the last couple of years, there certainly are some clear patterns that have been emerging. And I would say one of the key patterns that I see is that fraudsters have becoming increasingly savvy and have been using advanced technology, and in many cases, some of the most advanced technology available to commit acts of identity fraud. Synthetic identity fraud, if we look at that, which is the production of fake IDs, where you're using real information about individuals involved, you know, real, real, real information coming from multiple identities, and you're amalgamating that and bringing that together to create one fake ID where the different elements of that ID is actually made up of real data or real data points from consumers, that kind of identity fraud, it rose 109% in the US, I think, and over 150% worldwide just in the first four months of last year alone. So we look at synthetic identity fraud and how much it has been increasing. There's a real clear utilization of technology such as artificial intelligence and fraudsters are using this you know in the space of identity fraud to create very lifelike pictures of people that really have been generated using artificial intelligence and and computers it's a real challenge because these pictures of individuals they they look very real and with the you know with the human eye you'd be very hard pressed to see that it actually wasn't a real person. In fact, it was generated by by a computer. You know, this technology that we're seeing seeing as a trend, the increased utilization of this technology, it can be used with still pictures. It can be used with videos. Our audience may have heard a little bit about this in the past, and this is sometimes known as deep faking or a deep fake. Businesses are seeing increased levels of fraud going undetected, starting with the onboarding stage, but also continuing throughout the, you know, the, the consumer journey, the, the course of the consumer journey, in part because fraudsters are, are more savvy today than they have been in the past. They're using deep fake technology and they're actually in many cases investing themselves, investing in the utilization of these technologies, having to put up money of their own to be able to use these technologies so that they can commit big, big crimes, big crimes with big, big payoffs. It's a big money problem. If we look at, you know, the cost of fraud losses and how it increased during the pandemic alone, we, we saw, I think the stat is, if I, if I remember correctly, 42%, a 42% increase in identity fraud losses that cost businesses and banks more than $712 billion. And it's a big problem. And you know, I think that from, you know, thinking back to your original question about, you know, what are the trends? I think we're only seeing the beginning of the utilization of artificial intelligence. And, you know, businesses are going to need to keep pace with this. It sounds like be- this is not something that we can ascribe particularly to the pandemic. It's an evolution of technology that was happening it's not because everybody moved online because we had to. This is just something that was coming down the turnpike at us anyway. Yeah, I agree with you, Robin. 
you know, the technology has been improving and advancing and will continue to improve and advance. I think we saw an acceleration of this through the pandemic as more and more people got online to, to do commerce. But you're absolutely right. I think, you know, we can't attribute this to the pandemic, but we can certainly see that, you know, the way that we've, what life has been like over the last couple of years has certainly accelerated it. But we are in our new reality and who knows what the future will hold. But one of the, cer- the certainties, I think, is that technology will continue to evolve. And that's my expectation. And Processes will continue to use that technology and it's going to be up to businesses to keep pace. So how? How do businesses, how do banks, financial services groups, corporates, how do they keep pace? How do they combat this? They do that, Robin, by deploying technologies that know how to detect computer-generated images and movements. If, you know, I reference, uh, uh, you know, Authentics and what we're doing, we have face-matching technologies that have built-in liveness detection that are looking at at the the online computer-generated images at a bit bit and byte level and using artificial intelligence and and sophisticated models to detect whether this image that's being seen is live or not, it's it's real or not. It's it's a complicated business. But also, you know, another technology that can help with this would be our instinct synthetic ID detection solution, which helps as an additional layer of defense to detect whether an image or a face or a a driver's license number or other elements of an ID or picture have actually been seen before. So the technologies are there, not only to fraudsters, but they're there to businesses. Businesses are going to need to continue to evolve their own systems. They're going to need to engineer controls and layers and uh, you know deploy them at, at a speed that matches the speed at which fraudsters are improvising and um, innovating as well. Well what we're what we're seeing, particularly I'm thinking in financial services and in banking, is people are moving to online onboarding of customers. Mm-hmm. This is obviously the point at which technology such as you've just been describing has to be employed to make sure that you've got a clean customer coming on board. Absolutely. Banks and crypto platforms and you know, FX uh, exchanging uh, platforms, they're, you know, they all you know, will do business with a customer once that customer has been onboarded and their identity has been verified. They know, they know something about, about that customer. So you're, you're quite right. The onboarding phase is really a key phase. It's the point at which the legitimate customer and even the fraudsters gain access to your environment. We're recommending businesses not only apply controls at the onboarding level, but also move so-called down funnel, what we call down funnel. And that means applying identity verification, not only at onboarding, but maybe at first deposit or maybe at transaction or maybe at withdrawal according to the risk policies and the, you know, the, the risk appetite and, you know, what the particular product looks like of the bank. A credit card product versus a savings account will be a little bit different. The controls will be a bit different, but engineering the controls and layers is the key and moving down funnel. You put, in relative terms, a high hurdle in front of a new customer. You want to make it easy to onboard them because you don't want to lose the business. You don't want to lose the customers, but it still has to be a relatively high hurdle because you want them to prove who they are. Right. You do the same thing further down the track at each of these points you're you're describing or, or are there simpler, quicker ways of doing it? There are simpler and quicker ways of 
validating and verifying consumers. And it sort of brings to brings to mind another trend that that I have been seeing, which is the use of reusable verifiable credentials and other forms of, of digital IDs. And you know, today we've we've got technologies where you can verify and you can validate and identify your consumer once. And you know, that credential can be used and reused in a very simple and uh, friction, I want to say friction-free, but a very low, a low friction way. And that definitely will be, you know, will be key and is and is key. And you know, banks and other businesses that you know they know this that the cost of friction is significant. So they're looking for the most friction-free and simple ways to you know conduct that identity verification further down the line after onboarding. And customers are looking for it to be simple and easy as well. But there is an education job. This is not necessarily something your company need, would be involved in, but there is still an education job to be done on customers of financial institutions, particularly retail customers, but it's true of some businesses I've known as well, about elementary security measures they should be taking and understanding why the security measures are important. Because the one thing I've always said to people about banking is that the key thing I want my bank to be able to do for me is to have my money available to me when I want it. Uh-huh. And if it's not in my account because somebody else has taken it, I'm going to be very unhappy. Concepts such as treating your customers fairly um, or TCF is, is a really important principle that you know most banks and financial institutions need to adhere to. And that does involve you know, being very clear with the consumer about what you're doing and to ident- identify them and verify their identity and why you're doing it and what you're doing with the data that, you know, you may be collecting and, and holding. So, you know, absolutely. This, you know, really brings to mind also that, you know, not only do um, consumers want to be treated fairly, but they've also started to demand more choice and more transparency and control over, over their identities what banks and other businesses are doing with their identities. And I've noticed a trend, and I think that's really going to continue into 2022, which is where we're seeing digital IDs and verifiable credentials really come to the front and into the spotlight as a way for businesses to put that choice, transparency, and control back into the hands of the consumer and reduce friction and reduce the inconvenience being posed to consumers when we do verify identities further down the funnel after onboarding, it is a real issue. You know, I think the, the stat is over 86% of the U.S. population, if we just look at that, that area, is concerned about, about data privacy. And one of the reasons why I think verifiable credentials is going to continually move into the spotlight, and we're going to see that as a trend, is because verifiable credentials solves for some of those concerns, most of those concerns, in fact. With a verifiable credential, a consumer has the potential to use their government-issued identity, which is often the basis of ID verification, to use it only once to have a reusable verifiable credential generated, and for that verifiable credential to be able to be held by the consumer within their mobile device, within a compatible wallet application, and for them to be in full control over whether or when it is presented. That concept is uh, referred to as self-sovereign identity or SSI, and the verifiable credential systems that are being developed today are being built around that principle 
of self-sovereign identity. And this is the kind of thing that's going to make it as friction-free as reasonably possible while maintaining security so that corporates and individuals can get at their, if it's a financial institution they're talking to, can get at their finances, can manage their finances, or have a relationship with another corporate or another individual and do it securely. Yes, ex- exactly right. Because and the, the secret to that or the key to that is in the way that verifiable credentials are first generated and then the way that they're used by the, by the consumer. So as I had mentioned earlier, to generate a verifiable credential, just as, as an example, an issuer like Authentics, and by the way, we have projects on the go. We have a partnership with Microsoft to implement verifiable credentials within their Azure cloud-based computing platform. And the way that it works is a Microsoft customer signs up and applies or enrolls for a verifiable credential. Authentics verifies the identity of that individual using their government-issued ID once, issues the verifiable credential, and that verifiable credential is installed by the Microsoft customer into an app that they hold on their mobile phone. Now, every time they want to access a resource, they want to log in, they want they need to verify themselves down funnel and through the journey that Microsoft has created within their, within their applications. All, of the, all the consumer has to do is open up that app on their phone, authenticate themselves using biometric technology into that app, facial recognition, very simple, very easily, easy. And then through that app, a QR code is generated and they simply need to show that QR code to the application that is looking to verify that individual. And the beauty of that is that the consumer doesn't have to continually keep verifying their identity using this government issued ID and not have to worry who's got it, what's being done with this, you know, very sensitive data that, that I hold so so dearly. That kind of verifiable credential could be utilized for Microsoft, you know, a Microsoft application today, but then could be used to, you know, walk down the street and buy or purchase goods or services at a completely different retailer. Jonathan Wilson, Chief of Risk and Compliance at Authentics, thank you very much.